Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratruth Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And today we have joining us Dr. Marnie Hill Federaro. She is an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate in education from Northern Illinois University and completed a postdoctoral studies at Harvard during a very successful and rewarding a 35-year career at a high school <clears throat> as a high school special education teacher with 12 years as a university adjunct graduate school professor. Now, Marty's life was forever changed after experiencing numerous trauma-induced STEs, or what she calls spiritually transformative encounters. So without further ado, we're going to go to the line to talk to her just about that. Dr. Marnie, thank you for joining us on Paratruth Radio. We're so happy to have you with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk about these things. It Absolutely. really is. We have so much fun talking to you know people who just have these experiences. Uh, and it's it's really rewarding for us. And it's just very, uh, it, it's educational. You know, not just for us, but for all of our listeners who are really interested in this type of stuff. Uh, now, we're just going to jump right into it because you had experienced uh, numerous trauma-inducing STEs, which you call spiritually transformative encounters. Uh, now, we've talked to people in the past who've had similar encounters, um, but why don't you just give us a little detail of how it all kind of began? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I was, I was in a transition in my life and you know, I was definitely in a state of meditation and and thankfulness and gratitude, really kind of just going deep into my soul. Um, and, you know, this out of the blue at this garage sale I had, there were some experiences that were just otherworldly. And and they it turned out there were so many situations that I could not ignore it. I had to pay attention to what was going on. And, and even at the time I wasn't analyzing it too much. Um, I did a lot more research on this and trying to understand what I saw, what I felt, what I, what I heard. Um, and, you know, so I did a lot of research afterwards that really validated that, you know, I really did see what I saw and heard what I, what I heard. And, and that other people have had these kind of transformative experiences. And, and STEs, it's a, it's a term that's coined by Dr. Yvonne Kaysen. She has an organization called Spiritual Awakenings International. 
you know, which is really an offshoot of the IONS, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. So people that have actually flatlined and, and you know, had these otherworldly experiences and come back to tell about it, I, I just didn't have to flatline. I But, but it definitely was trauma-induced um, because it was a real transition in my life. But it was so very clear. In fact, what I experienced was more clear than just what I experience on earth every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you obviously wrote a book called God Came to My Garage Sale. Um, in, in the description, you say it's a uh, fiction uh, vignette of collection of spir spiritual miracles inspired by true events. So were you the atheist woman that you're talking about here and yes. then you started having these experiences and it completely changed your mind or did, did it just make you question things a little bit more? You know, it's not immediately, but through the years afterwards, when I analyzed everything that I had experienced and did a lot of research into other people that have had these kind of experiences. Yes, I did. I did switch from the questioning that there was something more to this earth than um, what I previously thought. Yes, I grew up atheist. Um, as I was older, I did question. I, I wanted to understand, you know, why why the world is the way it is. Like, why do we experience what we do? And to me, it seemed like there had to be something more than what I was taught as a child that you just live and die and and there's no divine intervention of any kind but you know um so yes i am the atheist woman um even though it's not autobiographical and it is a fiction it really is inspired by my book was inspired by true experiences so i took the experiences i had and i i wrote it um really in many ways, just kind of what I experienced. It's almost like words can't even describe fully what you have seen, what you have gone through. And um, and so I did make it a fiction. Uh, and But even though it is based on a lot of true true encounters. And, and actually, they all didn't happen at a weekend garage sale, um, even though in the book they do. That's part of the fiction part where I could kind of tie it all into, you know, one event. Um, I realized that prior to the garage sale, I had some experiences. I looked back earlier in my life and, and could, you know, some things made more sense to me now. And, and then I certainly have had a number of experiences afterwards because now I'm more in tune to it. I'm, I'm paying attention to the signs and synchronicities that I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was actually the opposite. I was, I was brought up in organized religion. Um, mm -hmm. I, I ended up becoming atheist or agnostic at, at one point in my life because I was going through a lot of different things and, um, started really questioning you know if if there is a god like how can we be suffering the way that we are right. <laughs> and then I actually ended up coming back to religion but the the i don't believe in organized religion anymore me I believe... either me either so i do not attend church i did though at one point 
And, and I, I did see the value in that. And I, it, it introduced me to the Bible and I got to, to learn about it. I love the community aspect of it, but I, I am not a fan of organized religion with all the hypocrisy and, and, you know, all the, the, uh, divide. And, right. and that doesn't seem to be what, what God is all about. And so I consider myself as well, very spiritual, a believer, but, but, uh, you know, not needing to partake in, in man's organized religion. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and that, I think we're all in the same boat there. Cause I, I became a born again Christian in 09. And, uh, you know, I spent years at the church, mm -hmm. had made plenty of good friends there, uh, sure. and just kind of eventually drifted away after I, I moved to Virginia, uh, and kind of drifted away after experiencing some downsides to the church. Yes. Uh, and then I started thinking about it, you know, it's like, why at least in the christian church why are there so many denominations and why is right. it split like that there should be right. one and i started you know thinking and I, i've read cover to cover of the holy bible and i started realizing there's really just you know three or four base truths you know uh the foundation that every single one of those denominations for the most part believe uh and i started telling people when they ask it's like oh i'm I'm just a spiritual Christian, or at least I'm spiritually aware with the Christian foundation. Right, and they don't right. quite understand what that means. And it's hard to explain because people in organized religion, uh, you know, they, they tend to be hard headed sometimes, you know, they were taught right. a certain way and they're just, they're kind of stuck in their ways, which is totally fine. You know, they're, as long as they believe those, those basic truths. But what I want to ask, uh, since you were atheist, uh, I'd imagine you, maybe you didn't, I don't know. Did you have a lot of like, uh, base a lot of your your facts on science and if so like how was that transition then when you're when you're thinking about oh there is something more out there like how was that battle within you know i i am someone that needs proof and i'm a lifelong learner as an educator and you know gone on to you know I, i'm always seeking out learning experiences but but i would say it would some of the people that wrote books and went on to talk about their spiritual experiences many of the ones that were very convincing for me did have a scientific background to them for example dr eben alexander you know and he's the famous harvard neurosurgeon that you know uh died from meningitis but had a near-death experience came back to explain scientifically that there is absolutely no way that he could have experienced what he did in the state that his body was in that it had to be attributed to um, a, a consciousness and he, he does a lot of research on how consciousness survives physical death and so he was one of many that that I really looked into that that could give me more proof that could give me some evidence to make it make more sense. You know, another this happens to be another medical doctor, Dr. Mary Neal, who was a, a, an atheist before her near death experience. Um, she was in a kayaking accident. She was underwater for over 30 minutes. You know, her body was just, you know, mm -hmm. gone in many ways, blue, whatever. And, and what she experienced and the fact that she could come back from that and completely change her viewpoint 
on uh, that there's more to this earth, you know, that when we physically die, we we don't physically die, that that there is a consciousness. And, you know, it looks different for different people, yet there are so many similarities. So I would, to answer your question, I think, you know, I I needed to search this out, you know, and not just, um, you know, I needed to validate what I went through too. And it, and it took a while, you know, it, 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 and I hear that this is pretty common as well, that, you know, it's not like immediately after that you you want to start investigating this. You know, it's almost like you have these experiences and you, and you take it in and it's almost like your your mind, your heart, your soul, your body needs to kind of make sense of it before you can try to find the words to describe what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. So when you started having these STE experiences, it, obviously it wasn't an out-of-body experience that's similar to what you're talking about but not exactly um what exactly happened i guess like was it and and you don't have to talk about the trauma but what happened with the stes yeah yeah there was there were a lot of things like like one main you know the first experience that i had that really um got me thinking that there was something more well you know i was looking back at my home at this garage sale and a dragonfly circled me, and I thought that was pretty neat. And then there were five, and I thought, that's really unusual. But within minutes, there were 50 to almost 100 dragonflies circling me. Wow. Now, normally, as my earthly person, I would totally freak out at that because I'm not into <laughs> bugs or insects of any kind. And to be surrounded by them, that would not be comfortable for me. But I was just in a state of awe. I wasn't scared. I wasn't I wasn't questioning it. I was just kind of accepting this experience. It, everything was in slow motion. And I will tell you that all my all my encounters really happen in slow motion. So that's like a common thread for me that I know that I'm experiencing something unique because it's just like the air is clear jello or something like that. But I could see these dragonflies fly down the block. I could see them come back. It was so slow and so close and so clear that I could see the veins in the wings. I could see the iridescent colors. I could see different sizes that I immediately equated with with souls, with people. So they were, you know, babies and toddlers and teenagers and grandparents. And that's the feeling that I got, too, was that, yeah, I was having this garage sale. I lost everything. It was very traumatic. But I was surrounded with this feeling of love and and reassurance that I would be okay. So Mm -hmm. so that was one experience. And I went on to have a couple other dragonfly experiences over the years you know another experience was where where i heard i experienced something i i heard information that i know was specific to me through electronics so through a television set and um and then i went on to read about that yes sometimes people are contacted through electronics and 
it, I wouldn't even believe any of this if I didn't experience it myself. I mean, honestly, that's how questioning I am. I'd be like, yeah, right. That, you know, that really could never happen. But after I experienced it, I look at it very differently. I listen to other people's accounts and, and, and how they tell what experiences they had. I, I, I listen with a different you know, ear, because I, I really get it now. But, you know, so I had an experience through, through a television set, kind of like an infomercial that, that to me felt like I was sitting there for hours watching when really I was confirmed it was only minutes, hmm. but time, there was just like no time. And, and I saw things specifically for me um, and some things that, I needed to verify later, which I did. Um, so that was pretty, pretty interesting, you know, and I've had some experiences with lights flickering on and off. And, you know, you think, okay, well, you could justify that or you could kind of make right. an excuse for that. But, but if, you, if it happens for extended periods of time and you can actually command it at a certain oh. time, I was able to do that. Um, you know, because, and it took a long time for me to finally realize, no, this, there's something more with the lights going on and off. It's not just, you know, a short in the, the fuse or anything like that. Be so it took me a long time. I mean, but, but when I, when it finally dawned on me, I was challenging it, like, I want proof. I want, I will count to three and I'm not going to tell you when I'm counting to three. And I, I want something to happen and, you know, for me to believe this. And, and I, I did that over and over and that was verified. So that was one experience. I had another experience with, um, with a license plate and I know, you know, yeah, people have license plates and you can, you know, kind of put two and two together and make up your own scenario. But that, again, it was, it was too unique of a situation. Um, it was more than coincidental. It was very synchronistic. And again, the experience was all in slow motion. So with this particular license plate that had a particular word that I, you know, had just been kind of praying to, to this saint uh, with this name, um, that experience also was in slow motion. If it wasn't, I would have been in the biggest car accident ever. But, hmm. you know, because there's no way that car could have stopped and I could have stopped, but it was just all slow motion for me to, to see this license plate to get a, a confirmation. So those are just some of the many experiences. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it's interesting because, you know, it, it does seem like they can all be random or coincidental from someone on the outside. But when you're experiencing it yourself, uh, it's completely different feeling. And I know Justin and I have both had similar feelings uh, throughout the years. Uh, one thing that I do that I think is really interesting is how you, much like we do when we do paranormal investigations, is you took the time to investigate what was happening with those lights to, to find that confirmation. Uh, oh, yeah. There's scientific evidence for your own purpose you know it's not something you're looking you know I, I can't imagine that you and maybe i'm wrong but you didn't like record it on video or something like that it was just no, for your well own. i will tell you i will okay. tell you though with the dragonflies mm -hmm. about three quarters of the way through 
when I started to come out of this kind of trance, I did pull out my cell phone and I recorded that. Okay. I recorded a hundred dragonflies flying around me. Wow. One thing that's really interesting about the dragonfly thing, was that the first experience that you had? That's the first experience um, that I acknowledged that was very significant. I don't think it was the first experience I had. Okay. But it was the, it was a pretty big one that that was so clear in my mind and that I got to videotape it for proof. Right. Yeah. Do you do you happen to know what the dragonfly represents uh in spirituality? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. that's what I find so interesting about this because if that's the one that you acknowledge and the dragonfly does represent that change or transformation or self-realization. Uh, even the understanding of a deeper meaning of life. And it's a common belief throughout so many cultures around the world. Uh, so that's really significant, in my opinion. I think that's right. Just and I, I did do a lot of investigating with the dragonfly. And I did kind of an information dump in the first chapter of my book, mm-hmm. God Kills My Garage Sale. And, and yes, it does. The dragonfly in many cultures does mean transformation. And I was going through a, the biggest transformation of my entire life you know, was happening at that time. Also, just on on a more negative note with dragonflies, um, dragonflies also have been used to signify being silenced. So like if you saw that movie, Silence of the Lambs, mm. the, the visual image of that movie is of a face with a dragonfly over the mouth. Right. And so dragonflies in at some point um, signified people or even children just silencing them and that they need to keep the secret and stuff like that. And, you know, I was I was leaving a relationship after 27 years where I found out so many secrets that wow. were kept, you know, my values are of honesty and, and compassion and love and goodness. And and that wasn't the case with, with this relationship that I chose to leave after almost three decades. And so I'm, you know, I want to wonder if, if there wasn't some of that, you know, like silence, like, you know, um, because I know that, that, you know, this person that I left would prefer that I would just be silent, that I would not speak the truth. And, and so I'm wondering if that was part of it, but, but I went on actually, you know, that same year, um, I was spending a holiday Thanksgiving, you know, for the first time without family. And I, I was living in the Chicago suburbs at the time. Um, and I, I wanted to go snow skiing and there were no runs out west really open at that time um and so i i just did a road trip to minnesota and you know just was having a whole new experience for a holiday and i came across the dancing dragonfly winery and then i looked up you know um and talked to the people there of how did they come up with this name? What is this all about? And that person had pretty much the same experience I had with slow motion in a transition time. Things could have been traumatic and negative, but they weren't. And the dragonflies came as kind of a support. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. 
so the one thing that you were talking about it was your values and I think what you described is what a lot of people believe God's values or, or his intentions are for humanity. Um, so maybe that was his way of saying, now it's time for you to live with the my my values, my my. Right. So that's that, that makes was really a lot of sense because I really am you know, um, living true to my values, even though I have lost so much that, you know, I wouldn't wish on anyone, you know, um, the losses, it, it, it's just unfathomable. But at the same time, I'm filled with love and I'm filled with gratitude and happiness. And, and I'm in a much better situation in so many ways now than I was living that life where I was, I was staying true to my values, but I wasn't surrounding myself with people who resonated with those same values. So now I'm more discerning about who I let in my life, who I keep in my life because of my, my values and honesty and love being, you know, the biggest values. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it, scripturally, scripturally speaking, you know, it's God sometimes allows us to hit rock bottom so that we have nothing left but to look toward him for guidance. And it almost seems like that's kind of what happened here for you. You yeah. know, I think of, uh, and I don't, it's, it's different, I'm sure, but I think of like um, uh, the story of Job, for example, where everything was stripped from him. And in the end, he still chose God and then everything was gifted back to him in a multi, you know, multitude more uh, right. ways. Yeah. Uh, and that looks different for everybody. You know, sometimes it's material, sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes it's emotional. Uh, but it, it seems like, you know, you're going through something good and continuing that journey. So that's, yeah, that's most wonderful. definitely. I am, I am living such a beautiful life. And I'm filled with so much happiness and so much peace. And and I've been able to kind of compartmentalize the losses and and realize that some are just material and that's not significant. And some of the other losses that involve relationships, you know, um, I've come to understand that that I need to stay true to my values. And, and if if someone is dishonest, someone betrays you, someone, you know, does bad things. I, it's just not, I don't want anything to do with that. So, so as hard as it was to step away from some situations and people in the big picture, it's really for the best. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. And it's something that I don't necessarily believe, but I, I can hear skeptics already saying, you know, how can you differentiate or, or how is it not just coincidence, these things that are happening to you? How, how can you differentiate between coincidence and, and, and messages or, or um, communication fr from the other side or, or higher power or stuff like that? Like, what is your explanation for that? That, that is a wonderful question. And that is what I have been asking since I started having experiences. Like, you know, really, did this happen? Did I manifest it? Am I am I reading more into this than, than I should? Um, you know, I would say 
really analyzing the situations and and just getting the proof that I need. You know, um, for example, okay, so like hearing songs on the radio that are significant. Okay, mm -hmm. but I was listening to, like one time I was in the car and I was thinking of my late mother and um, I was listening to a radio program that did not have music as part of the radio program. And the minute I thought about my mom, her favorite song came on. Like I know her music. And, and I thought, well, this is really weird because this is like a news show, you know, that doesn't have music. So I didn't think too much of it at first. Um, but then afterwards, after that song was there, it was almost like the radio show was still going on with just the talk. And so then it's, it's another time where I'm kind of trying to manifest or I'm testing the situation. And I said, well, that was really weird. Wouldn't it be weird if this particular song came on? And sure enough, that song came on. That song, oh. like not just one of the songs she likes, that one that I, that I, I, you know, said I was, I was kind of like testing the situation. I stayed in my car in a, in a parking lot for about a half an hour doing this um, with a number of songs. And, and finally I needed to go to an appointment, but that's another example of it was just, you know, it wasn't coincidental. And then I went on another day to listen to that same radio station just to see if they would play music at all. Mm -hmm. And they did. And I listened to it again. And then I actually went so far as to call up the radio station to, you know, say, do you ever play music? And they say, no, no, it's just talk. You know, it's just talk radio. Okay. So I, like I, I needed more proof, you know, that, mm. you know, but, but it, it, it just seemed it wasn't coincidental. So that's an example. Another example of this, you know, where I don't think it's coincidental, you know, I would find pennies and, you know, you hear pennies from heaven. You hear that, you know, people find a penny on the ground. It's lucky. And, um, but I would find pennies with one of my children's birth year. All the time, I would look at that penny very closely. Um, sometimes I'd have to use a magnifying because my my eyes, I'm getting older. <laughs> but uh, it seemed that for the longest time, anytime I found a penny, it was that year. Hmm. It wasn't just finding a penny and having it be kind of just as I was thinking of this child, but it would be... I would pick it up and I would really look at it to investigate it because they all had the same date. And this is, these are pennies picked up from various states, you know, all over different times. Wow. Same year all the time. Hmm. So that, that's, you know, that just, it, it was just, I can't just say that's coincidental after a while, especially right. because I'm, I'm consciously, thinking about it and and for a long period of time 
you know, there was never any other dates on, on these pennies that I would find. Right. Hmm. And one time I even found three pennies together and they were all oh. the same date like that. You know, I don't know. It's just, That's it just crazy. is very synchronistic. <laughs> right. And, and it just really, you know, I mean, I, I, I'd like to say that, I mean, I feel like I'm someone who believes a hundred percent, but boy, I can always use another confirmation. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, if you want to prove it to me again, I'll take it. Right. Because, right. you know, it's 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 very hard for our earthly minds to wrap around that that things can things like this can happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's human nature. It's meant, you know, we're 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 more or less designed by the world to doubt everything that happens, you know, uh, without physical like proof without something in our right. face saying, Hey, look, I'm right here. Uh, you know, I, I do that all the time. Like I, I think back to, um, my early life as a, a Christian, a quote unquote baby Christian. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think of all the signs that I saw, you know, through prayer, things that were answered, uh, mm -hmm. just little symbols and signs, even to this day, like I'll walk, uh, just, just walking down the street and, uh, just, you know, doing whatever I'll look down and there'll be like two sticks that, are perfectly matched together to form a cross right. uh and it's like these little reminders like oh don't forget i'm here you know type right. of thing uh and you know there's like i said there's prayers that i prayed that came true and it's like nowadays i'm, I'm thinking back on those you know back in 2010 11 12 like did that really happen uh and the fact is it did but uh -huh. it's just so hard to fathom and you know you, you think oh was it just my mind was it all in my head uh, you know, and that's the constant battle I think that we we're always going to be in, uh, which is, I think all the more reason to keep, I think pressing and trying to find answers is the important thing. Cause that's what keeps us going forward yeah. and searching out. I uh, agree. And then in the beginning, you know, when we began our conversation, you know, you, you talked about how, um, you know, there are there coincidences, you know, are we just putting this together in our own mind? Um, are we just, you know, really seeing what we are seeing? And and I just have to believe that we are. Like I, I, you also said something about how, you know, why do all all these bad things happen to people? Like how could there be so much earthly suffering and pain? Yet we, you know, as humans have that spirit to keep going to keep positive to try to look on the bright side to try to make things better and you know because really if because of so much negativity and loss and and corruption and fraud and and death and disasters all these terrible things um there has to be some sort of explanation that we as humans can handle mm -hmm what we are able to handle. I mean, some of the losses that I feel I have had, and I know there are many others that have had significant losses, you mm. know, um, how do you put one foot in front of the other and keep going when it's, when the losses are so significant, but somehow there's some sort of spirit within us. Um, and, and I believe that I've been given signs by God to, to, to say I'm on the right path, that actually what I experienced was necessary. I needed to go to that rock bottom dark place 
to really appreciate the light, the positivity to, to, you know, it's a, it's amazing. It's an amazing journey. I, you know, um, but I will be someone who will be a lifelong learner on this. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just like so many people too, I felt compelled to write a book about it. I, you know, you see so many books out there by people who have had experiences because they, they are compelled to share that, you know, we are all love. We are all light and, and to pay attention to these signs and synchronicities. And so through that, I found my, my author's voice and, and that really came in handy, even though I was a teacher for many years and, you know, I've done a lot of writing and reading and that, but, you know, I ended up moving from the Chicago suburbs to the Caribbean about three and a half years ago, immersed in nature, just really in a healing journey, um, just connecting with source, with God. And I wrote in a very short period of time, I wrote a five book series called True Deceit, False Love. And that addresses a lot of what I experienced with the family traumas and the parental alienation and that type of thing. While I was doing my research to try to understand all of that, it was like I was being given a gift to to write these books in a way that would would be healing and helpful to many other people that would find themselves in in situations like Mm -hmm. this. Um, You know, so without these experiences, I don't think I would have, you know, evolved into the author that I am now, where I found writing, you know, not only was I able to write about the spiritual experiences, but I was able to, to, through my own loss and, and, you know, surviving abusive situations or whatever, I was able to, to, use what I kind of went through to heal and, and kind of move towards more self-actualization, I would say. Okay. So it's, it's amazing to, to hear your story because it is very similar to mine. Um, I had a, a ex who was always telling me I'm so negative. I'm so negative. Um, I need to change my my thinking on things. Um, and I, I have felt for a long time alienated from my family. Um, maybe some of that is my own personal. Some of it is, is theirs. Um, except for my co-host, Eric, who is a cousin, and he's also my best friend, a brother. Um, but, um, y- you know, after I had broke up with this person or she broke up with me, what, whatever it was, um, I met my wife and I started seeing more and more um, that the phrase that I always use is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> I, I, I'm horrible because I, I watch TikTok and I'm addicted to TikTok, but uh, several videos I've seen recently is, you know, the most dangerous person you can come across is somebody that uses the phrase, it is what it is, because they're accepting everything 
as it is, and they're not going to let it affect their life. Um, so for somebody who is down and out, letting everything get them down, um, what's the best advice you can give them with the STEs you've been having and you know it being caused by the traumatic experiences you were having? What What advice could you give people? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that, you know, um, don't be so hard on yourself, especially with, you know, one person saying that anyone who says it is what it is, you know, fits into this kind of category. And actually, you did make a change, whether it was made for you or you did it, you are no longer in that situation. Hmm. So, no, you have you have grown since then and and are able to go back and reflect on some of these things. And unfortunately, sometimes loving, empathetic people surround ourselves with people that are controlling, manipulative. They have bad intentions. They look at us like, wow, you know, I hit the jackpot. This person will put up with anything and I'll, you know, suck them, you know, suck the life out of them. I'll take their money. I'll take their children. I'll take their their self-esteem. They do a lot of gaslighting to make you believe you're not as uh, as able or confident or, or capable as you really are. And so people can do a number on you. And families, in some ways, are the worst, whether it is a, a malevolent spouse or whether it is you know, parents or extended family or siblings that, um, you know, you you feel like you're supposed to be in these relationships with them because that's what society says. But really, you know, um, it might be the healthiest thing to move away from them. But as far as advice, what I would give to someone is follow your gut feeling, um, you know, pay attention to to some signs that you would get that something just isn't right. You know, if you're starting to question yourself or feel bad or, or, you know, you're walking on eggshells with people, you know, um, you're just, your gut feeling is telling you this is something is just not right here. Pay attention to that, you know, pay attention, maybe even do some research. I'm a big one into researching and learning look into red flags and what are some red flags in relationships that, you know, and isolation is one of them, you know, so you've been gaslit or people in this situation have been gaslit, um, which means they're smeared that, you know, they're smeared to other people. You kind of lose your support system of friends, family, and neighbors, you know, mm -hmm. even coworkers because the malevolent people do whatever they can to put you down directly or indirectly to build themselves up. That's the only way they can validate, you know, the shell of who they really are. And, and you know, we were drawn to these people early on because they love bomb us. They, 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 you have the same interests, you know, you resonate on so many different levels. They like whatever you like. Um, you know, if, if you are someone who, is spiritual, they are spiritual too, whether they are or not. If you are someone who likes um, Japanese food and they really hate Japanese food, they'll tell you they like Japanese food because at least in the beginning, they're trying to hook you in and, and you get trauma bonded. And so terminology to me 
is a is a big thing following your gut feeling but also just terminology actually the the first book in my five book series true deceit false love is 15,555 terms and phrases on narcissistic abuse you know domestic violence parental alienation and then you have to do the inner inner reflection work to see your role what was your foundation and things and so there's intergenerational family trauma but i didn't set out to write a five book series i was just researching to understand what i was going through and trying to understand why do bad things happen to good people mm. you know and how could i stay in a marriage for 27 years with someone that lies you know is deceitful manipulates money has affairs just as secretive you know i don't know how could i stay in that so long and i can't kick myself because i really wanted to believe good in everyone i wanted to you know make excuses and i wanted to say well it will get better or then when there's children involved you know you don't want to jeopardize their safety and security there's a lot of reasons why people stay in situations but you know, I believe that for someone who is really in a, a low point and and trying to figure it out, first of all, kudos to you that you're even at that point where you're thinking, okay, I need to maybe do something here. Follow your gut feeling. Learn about red flags in relationships with people at work or in your family or your social circle. And and do that inner reflection work to find out okay why am i an overgiver why am i why am i a people pleaser why don't i have strong boundaries to allow some of the things that has you know that have happened and and then you get to a phase where you want to sort of make some changes and now i'm you know there's a big difference between alienation and estrangement too so estrangement mm -hmm. like let's say that you are not you're choosing not to have a relationship with someone in your family or someone in your circle. That's different. Alienation is where someone else is poisoning the mind of someone else, brainwashing them with lies, with a false narrative. You know, estrangement is is more thoughtful, actually, because, you know, you're you're choosing to step back from a situation because you know it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. But if I may just just add on to that too, because I know you you talked about um, you know looking inside of yourself, following your gut feeling, things like that. Um, from someone who, myself in this case, who has constant anxiety, who's been through those relationships that are no good, uh, it kind of builds this wall and this kind of um, fear that it's going to happen again, and you kind of distance yourself or allow yourself to see things that maybe aren't really there. I think there has to be a significant amount of logic and reason that ties into the gut feeling. And that could be something that maybe you can do on your own. But I think you also have to uh, consider talking to someone really close to you who's a true friend or a family member uh, to try to get their viewpoint and understand what's really happening. Because in some cases, what you might see is maybe or what your gut feeling might be telling you might just be anxiety or something else right. that's your own personal uh, thing you have to work through. 
Right. And anxiety does play, you know, and, and it's a very common response to to after you've been burned in some relationships to tread lightly and just don't want to jump into these. And that's not a bad thing. You know, you're better off being alone than being in a relationship that is unhealthy, where mm. your values aren't aligning and that type of thing. And so I think I think the anxiety, you know, pay attention to that. And yes, I can see how, you know, you might want to run it by someone else to see if you are really seeing the picture without projecting your own stress or your own history onto, you know, a new situation. Um, it It's very hard to be open. Like I, I found love again, but I wasn't looking for it at all. And, um, and didn't even really want it, you know, after what I had gone through. And, and I think give yourself permission that there's no timeline here for you to have to be in a relationship or to, you know, uh, become more social or something, you know, understand that the anxiety is real and yeah, there, there's sometimes you do need to work through that, but Sometimes that anxiety is a good thing, that it's kind of keeping you from getting in a situation that could be a repeat. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people do, um, especially with narcissists, and there's, you know, that's a term that's thrown around a lot today, but, you know, it's, there, there are covert narcissists, you know, vulnerable narcissists, um, even people that are spiritual narcissists. So they, they rope you in because, you know, you just assume because they are connected with spirituality or they are believers or they're at a church or something that they have good intentions when really that night might not be the case. So, so go easy on yourself or just anyone in this situation. There's no hurry to get into any relationships and it's okay to, to take time. And I would say really the best way to, to get through some of this is, is actually Pursue the passions that you have, you know, start getting connecting more with yourself and what you like to do. And then you'd be amazed. There might be some other people that that like some of those same things, too. And you would have a common a common bond there that is a natural common bond. It's not a forced bond. And and and, and I'm I'm a big believer that actions in many times speak louder than words. So people can tell you all sorts of things. They, but people can lie, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and even if you are seeking out support from someone, you know, be careful that not to rely so much on others and, and get back to relying a little bit more on just yourself. And, you know, there are many different ways to, get validation or get suggestions and, you know, see how other people have gone through it. There's so many books out there. There's many different podcasts out there. Um, you know, you, you don't want to, you've got to be careful too with friends that you don't burden them with, you know, the same issues that you are going over and over and over and over in your head and, and you need to go over and over and over, but that might be a lot for another person to take on. So, so, you know, find a balance there, but you know, the anxiety 
the way you described it is negative, but I think in some ways anxiety can be good because it's it's kind of like making you second, you know, think twice about some things and that's okay. That's okay. There's no hurry. There's no hurry. You don't have to answer to anyone. We need to get more connected with ourselves. And I think that is where God comes in and where spirituality comes in, you know, um, where where you really realize you have a lot within you, within your own heart and soul. Um, and, and then if you can throw some research into it and kind of you know, take some time to investigate it and, and take some time in quiet. You know, we don't we don't meditate or pray or just spend time alone as much as we should. And that's something these three and a half years I've been able to do a lot. Um, swimming in the ocean, hiking the rainforest, just watching the sunsets, you know, just really kind of slowing down. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also am in a different phase of my life. I'm retired. I was a high school teacher for 35 years. So I did wake up to an alarm every day and I was very busy tutoring and teaching college and, you know, doing all sorts of things. So I am in a different phase in my life. Um, so I know it's a luxury that I have that time. Mm. All right, Marnie. Well, it's about that time where we usually let our guests go. So I want to give you the chance to tell everybody where they can find your books, find you. The mic's all yours. You know, sure. Well, and, and uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast mm. and just having this very thoughtful conversation. I mean, it's I don't know that we had answers, but we we <laughs> right. sure got to talk about things, which is right. great. All my books can be found on Amazon. That's the easiest place. Barnes and Noble. My my publisher is Balboa Press, which is a, a division of Hay House. So there's a lot of spirituality and self-help kind of books there. But, you know, I'm not on social media, but I have a website, which is the title of my spiritual fiction. So www.godcametomygaragesale.com. All right, Dr. Marnie Hill Federaro, thank you so much for being on Paratruth Radio. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me here. All right, folks, that was Dr. Marnie Hill Ferrero. Uh, make sure you check out her book and her website. All that's going to be linked on the on our website, paratruth.com. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. You'll hear a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week, I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we just got off the line with Dr. Marnie Hill Federero. What do you think? <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to to follow that entire conversation. Um, I think we've both been through 
similar things um, in our lives that brought her to the understanding that she had uh, or has now. Mm. Um, but not, not hard. I know you just you said hard to follow, but it probably meant hard to follow up. Or uh, after that well, conversation. Well, yeah, to follow that entire interview, like to do the post show, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to mm-hmm. talk about, you know. Um, I mean, really, we could just cut it right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, she get, she she gave us a lot of, of food for thought. Um, a lot of people want to believe that th- they're stuck in the situation that they're in. Um, but it took her having these STE experiences, it sounds like, to really understand there's way more to the picture than what her original thinking was. Um, Mm -hmm. and a a lot of people do think that, and and she is actually the the first in a while that I've, I had heard somebody say, you know, they were raised atheist um not that the there aren't those families out there that don't believe in organized religion or that there is an afterlife and stuff but um she's she's definitely the first guest i've talked to in a while that openly admitted she was brought up in a non-religious family or spiritual family uh Mm. And changed, did a complete 180, and now is a believer. Maybe not a firm believer, but she's a believer. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I use the word firm believer loosely because you know, there's, there's, there, I've met people who are firm believers, but then you see when things get tough at times, you know, and it's everyone goes through the hurt. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think the hardest part about everything, everything that was discussed, uh, all the stuff that you and I have discussed over the last several months, probably several years, because it feels like an ongoing thing now. Um, You know, it's, I think it's sometimes hard to, to follow certain advice when you're not seeing the other side yet, because, Mm. you know, the best we can do like in this case is see how somebody else's story is playing out you know when we have these discussions um but your own story is in a particular place and you don't know what the end is yet you don't know whether it's going to get better or worse and for many people i think they do see the negative side of it uh which is which is difficult um because like i said you know the the bad does speak louder than the good uh which is unfortunate but it's something that has been happening since the dawn of humanity you know right uh and you see it in the textbooks you know all the history books not just religious texts just all history books there's just bad after bad after bad i mean look at the news networks right the whole reason i haven't uh you know i i've been my father's been trying to get me to to apply for work at the local news stations you know because i have the degree in film Mm-hmm. I refuse to because I don't want to be part of that agenda, which constantly plays all the negative uh, stories over and over. You know, it's all about the murders and the rapes and the animal abuse and this and that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> well, a a friend of ours, Justin Fall, talked about how he had went to school for specifically for being on radio and TV 
um, and I think it was radio specifically, and he was told, okay, you can't say these things, you can't talk about these specific things, this is what you're going to be doing. And he walked away from all of that because he didn't believe that that was the right thing yeah. to do. Well, you know, and, and I have a friend, um, uh, my friend, my friend Lewis. You know, he 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 works for the news. And he doesn't enjoy it. Now he, he he hasn't gone too deep into what it is, but I I understand that it's it's a difficult situation. Um, you know, it's it's time consuming. It's you know they. Not, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but from what I gather, based on reviews that I've read, comments that people have made who've worked in the news networks, especially in the production side of stuff, uh, it's right. just a very negative atmosphere, you know. Uh, so I just know that's something that I don't want to do, and it's like trying to put that wall up against as much negativity as possible, uh, and yet it still creeps its way in, you know. Right. Well, and I think that's. I, I think that's where you're going to benefit is you. Yes, it would be a full time income for you to be working for a, a news company or a, any type of TV company. Mm-hmm. And but you're sticking to your values and what you believe um, compared to those that I hate to say it this way, sell out. And go into the news or any other broadcast and there are plenty that get lost in that too and just start believing what they're fed because it's it's their job. Right. But All right folks. Well, if you take nothing from this episode, at least uh take from what Dr. uh Marnie Hill Ferrero had talked about and somebody who didn't believe in anything and did a complete 180 and started believing in a higher power. I don't care what you call it, God, Allah, whatever. Um, This is somebody that didn't believe, you know, you died and yet that was it. That's the end of the story. So, we've got so many great things coming for you. Um, year is moving very quickly to the end already of 2022. Um, and it seems like since 2020, it's been even more of a blur the past few years than it has probably my entire adulthood. With that being said, though, uh, we got a few more great things coming for you for November, and then it's right into holiday season. I mean, Christmas, New Year's, it, it's going to go by fast. And um, we've got some very cool stuff that we're thinking about doing, at, you know, our usual Christmas and New Year's extravaganzas, um, trying to look up some new stuff for, for New Year's and Thanksgiving, which... It's kind of hard to tie all of that into the paranormal, but uh, we're going to do our very best. So, until next week, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is Spiritual Radio.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 